part of blindsidepods.com. Welcome to a Superfan Roundtable on the week's events in the world of Kirk Menahan. This is the Menafan Show. Hey, uh, Jerry and Mutt were talking, uh, talking Luke O'Neill, and they, uh, they dropped, finally, finally dropped a hard uh, accreditation to, at the top of his lungs, Mark Hannon's balls, and it was awesome. Go back and read through Mark Hannon's balls and his Twitter account. Did a great job, John and Virginia, picking through this. It's John and Virginia. <laughs> oh, well, hey, it's great. Nice weather down here in the south. We've got the Confederacy <laughs> is going to rise again. And, uh, you know, I've never I've never been happier to be in, in the, what is it? Is it the antebellum state? Or is, is that is that what it is in Virginia? I'm not, I'm not no, even 100%. I think antebellum's further south. Is uh, that further south? Well, know, below the Mason. Virginia's for lovers, something that's like right. that. That's right. Virginia's for lovers. I'm below the Mason-Dixon line. So, hey, my I give you what props. dummy. I give you props for trying, but it is John in Pennsylvania, not John in Virginia. But thank, good, I give you, you know, at least after all the shit that I have given Mutt and all the stuff, all the names I've called him, all the amount I've ridiculed him, I will give him props. That's a, if that's a deliberate jab by him to get to get my name wrong, even though he gives me the he gets the the Twitter handle right. He's not capable of that. But I have to give him respect, even if if that is a subtle jab, because I mean, hey, I'll take it. That's that's pretty cool. No, nah, he was trying. He was trying to give you some love. I think Jerry was too. This was a great story for the morning show to talk about it was it was gleeful watching the globe implode and he's just trying to give you some love but in true mutt fashion he screws it up at the end it's a great topic for the morning show to talk about but it's also would have been a great topic for that pissant reamer to talk about uh, i called in actually to reamer at night the, the the evening that this all broke this all happened i think uh, what was it five days ago Mm-hmm. Um, is when when all this 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 entire Luke O'Neill story broke, which was at the end of the day an MHB exclusive, and we'll get into how that even came to came to be. But uh, I called into Reamer at night, talked to his producer, identified myself. I said, "Hey, it's uh, it's MHB. Wanted to call <laughs> in and talk about the the Luke O'Neill story." And the producer goes, "Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to talk about that." And I said, oh, well, you, you sure? You sure Reamer doesn't want to talk about that? I'm sure he's interested in that. He's like, yeah, I don't think we're going to get into that. But, you know, give us a call back if we do. And I'm like, uh, okay. What's funny is I, I, I DM'd Reamer before that. And Reamer and I have DM, DM'd in the past. And, and, you know, I said, hey, just FYI, I want to call in later on tonight. Let's talk about this. I think it'd be good content for the morning show. It might be something fun that you guys can get into. We can argue about it. I'm sure you have a different opinion on it than me. No response. Call the producer. Clearly, the producer was already uh, prepped by Reamer. That Reamer said, "Hey, listen, I don't want to talk talk about this topic because Reamer is, you know, maybe he'll be my MHB hypocrite of the week next week." Bullshit. <laughs> Reamer's two different people. He really is. He's he's one. He he's he's you know he he gives Jerry Callahan his little song and dance reach around where he flirts with Callahan in the morning show and 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 tries to act like he's this edgy, crazy, lefty, liberal guy. And at the end of the day, when he goes and does his little show, his little Reamer at night charade. This maggot. Exactly. He becomes a maggot and a turtle mm-hmm. and a hypocrite and a little pussy boy. And it's just, it's, it, it, what, what are you supposed to do, Reamer? I mean, you want to make a name for yourself? You want to, I mean, take, take, hey, think about Blind Mike. What did, what did Joe Zambrano say to Mike? 
Do something that the morning show will talk about. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're lying. You are no good. You are <laughs> Right? He said, do something the morning show will talk about. So, Reamer, I'm giving I'm giving you material. If if you and I got into it on Luke O'Neill, Reamer, that would be material for, for, for fucking all week is the argument that we could have on Reamer at night. It would drive PR and publicity back to your show. But, you know, alas, it is what hey, it is. No, 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 no. <laughs> Because that's the real Reamer. The other guy who flirts with Jerry is not the real guy. He doesn't want to look, he doesn't want to make his crew look bad. So no, he's not going to put you on. I mean, the real Reamer is the guy that goes out to his little bars and clubs and raves and wears, you know, Reamer is a pissant shirt and, and people freak out about it. I mean, that's the real, the real Reamer is the guy that blackmails Curtis about his mm-hmm. alcoholism. The real Reamer is the guy that will go to the conference. Um, who was the conference that they went to? Ah! Tony Roberts, Toby yeah. Robbins. The real Reamer is the guy. Thank God, man, I'm losing my mind. After today's, after the, the the events of today and last week, I'm I'm losing it, and we can get into that too. I'm fucking going nuts here, but yeah, he goes to fucking toning Robbins and 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 calls in to to touch her and Rich, or, or calls in to, and does yeah. a live drop and touch her and Rich when he's paid to go there with hey, Chris no, Curtis. No, 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 no. Yeah, fuck you, Reamer. I can't stand you. I can't stand the Yeah, I used to like Reamer, and I don't. And he was just the whining that he did in that news segment where they danced around the fact that you brought this to the attention and then then Mutt shouted at the top of his lungs, but he was being such a baby. And he was defending what O'Neill was talking about. What a week it was, though, man. First, I'm, you know, I'm creating a, a Twitter thread that 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 fucking Howie Carr and, and is tweeting about, and Rush Limbaugh is apparently talking about no this shit. guy's tweets. Yeah, Rush talked about it. He talked about the tweets. I was getting uh, people were tweeting me saying like MHB Rush Limbaugh is talking about the Luke O'Neill story and the tweets that were uncovered. So I guess let's just back up and, and talk about how this even happened. So I've been doing a thing. If for anyone paying attention, for the past two weeks I've been doing uh, a segment on my Twitter and we may um, migrate that over to the website um, called... Uh, yeah, that's M- a question for, for the audience. Do you want to see an MHB column? Do you want to see something like a hypocrite of the week? We yeah. could put that on the website pretty easily. We could, and it would be easy. In fact, there's, you know, I would also like maybe maybe just a tab on the website called, you know, MHB Investigates or mm-hmm. MHB Investigations, because that's, you know, there's a lot that there's there's a lot of irons in the fire, specifically when it comes to the, the investigative uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, that little tease there for you guys. Um, but I've been doing this MHB Hypocrite of the Week. Last week it was with um, that chick uh, Wiener. What was her name? Um, Natalie, Natalie Weiner. Yep. Man, so you know what it's called? It's called nominal aphasia when you can't remember people's names. And I'm having it bad today, man. So that's a little MHB word of the day for you guys. I sound like fucking Dino. Oh, I've got, I've got trivia up my ass (sighs) and I couldn't remember Tony Robbins' name. So the letter of the day is Natalie Weiner. So Natalie Weiner was my hypocrite of the week last week. She was that, that, you know, lefty liberal feminist lion that goes on there saying, it's horrible that people would want to go to ASU because the girls are hot. And if you look at her Twitter, her 
her tweets are full of her gushing over, you know, Danny Amendola and Edelman and talking about how hot and sexy they are. It's like, okay, so so you have a problem with objectification only when it goes the way that you don't like it, right? But you can talk about men being sexy and hot all day, you know, but but so she was a hypocrite. I somehow last week I find myself DMing with Erica from Barstool. The Barstool CEO is DMing me for screenshots of this Natalie Weiner chick. It's like, I don't know what reality I'm living in right now that I'm DMing with the CEO of Barstool Sports. So how did this happen? You started out as Phil Zachary's balls. Yeah, I did. I was Phil Zachary's balls. I'll come out and say it right now. Thanks for doxing me, by the way. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, yeah. So I am Phil Zachary's balls. You're you're being, you know, you're... uh... Oh, I can't. Oh, my my mind is, is gone. I, I started say, as so and so's ovaries. Who I is started, the person? I was never over Zachary. I was never anybody before Phil Zachary's balls. I was all. Yeah, I, yeah. I started out as Phil Zachary. I have I have one other parody. Julie Kahn's ovaries and no, it wasn't that. I have Jeff one Brown's balls. I have one other parody account that's also very, very successful that I'm not going to give away. Um, but then I had uh, Phil Zachary's. You can say your SV Callahan. <laughs> See, that's why he never tweets about the show. Right. He's actually me. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, no. So, um, and then I became. Maggot. <laughs> then I became Mark Cannon's balls. Um, and, and now, guys, by the way, you know, I, I got to change it. It's got to be either MHB forever or, or you know. Don't do I, that. I know it's winning. That's I agree with you. That's stupid. Uh, what about? I mean, what about? What was my other one? The real M- real MHB. I like that. I like that one. Um, or or John the MHB. I thought that might be a good one. Um, that's actually available, but it sounds kind of stupid. Um, I don't know, man. I try to figure out figure it out. So if anybody can find a, a, a handle for me, please do. So I I'm, anyway. So Mark Hannon's balls doing hypocrite of the week last week was natalie weiner who i was uh dming with erica from barstools about uh maybe they'll be writing a column about her soon um, right yeah right uh and then this week it was a guy luke o'neill so i want to pause here because I, again for the risk of sounding stupid i don't remember hearing anything about luke o'neill before i saw anything that you did so i want to give somebody credit if i have to but it doesn't seem like this was on anybody's radar before you no, so the first person to start tweeting about this um, was, I, I will say that this got on my radar from uh, the Howie Carr people uh, and from Steve, uh, the producer for Howie Carr, Steve Robinson. So Steve Robinson, he wasn't tweeting about uh, Luke O'Neill's old tweets. Steve was mostly poking into how stupid and ridiculous the piece was, which I mean, I agree. I mean, first of all, so for anyone that is, is, is living under a rock or who, or who isn't in, there are some people that might not be interested in this. So let's just set the stage. Luke O'Neill wrote an op-ed in the Boston Globe. The op-ed editor for the Boston Globe, as we all know, is Shirley Long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is no friend of the show. She's no friend of Kirk Minahan. Um, hashtag uh, fire lung. If uh, I had it, I'd play Fred Toucher. You're no friend of mine. Yeah, right. Yeah, we and, and I'm sure she's going to say that he unleashed his trolls on me. <laughs> um, and uh, and he wrote a piece. And basically, what the the title of the piece was was um, keep uh, Kristen Nelson, who was the lady who put you know kids in cages at the request of Donald Trump. Um, it said keep Kristen Nelson unemployed and eating Grubhub over her kitchen sink. And the first line of that piece was, "My biggest regret in life was not pissing in Bill Crystal's salmon." Right, and then it goes on to talk about like basically like harassing individuals in public over political disagreements, typical crazy left wing, you know, radical leftist agenda. Where is he aware that one of the biggest Trump haters on the planet is Bill Crystal? 
right? Yeah. Full throated against Trump. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and there was all sorts of shit that happened. So anyway, so, so Steve, I will give, so Steve was really the first one I saw that was actually criti- ridiculing the piece. I, I think Callahan was ridiculing it and Kirk were talking about, was talking about it as well. Then I started looking into his old tweets and that's where the ball really gets rolling. So what made you think to let's look this guy up? Because when you read a guy that talks the way he talks and is as as loose with words and tries to be as edgy as as he does, I knew that there was going to be some sort of hypocrisy at the deeper I looked. Now, that's not to say, first of all, I want to give a disclaimer. And I know Blind Mike and I, we had a little text uh, argument about this. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have free speech or that he, you know, that he shouldn't have the right to say that. What I'm trying to point out is the hypocrisy. That's why the, right. the, the, the title of my little weekly thing is MHB Hypocrite of the Week. Right. It is because Shirley Long has a huge problem with Kirk going on the radio and saying vile and sexist and misogynist comments and, and using rude and crude language on the radio, yet she's willing to publish a piece from a guy that has said things a hundred times worse than anything Kirk has ever said. So again, that's my point in this. My point in this is, again, he can say whatever the hell he wants. More power to you. I don't, I'm, I, you know, I, I, at the end, I, I never said that you should fire Luke O'Neill. What I was trying to point out was the fact that the Globe is being hypocritical, that Lung is being inconsistent in her beliefs, that she is allowing this guy to have a platform while at the same time trying to de-platform Kirk because she doesn't agree with him politically or doesn't like that he took down Kevin Collins. That's the key. I would say that she is being very consistent. You have to understand, and I hate to get political here, a far left-wing agenda is almost like a religion. So if you're within that religion... What you say has different context yeah. than somebody like Kirk, who is not involved with that, who is actually pretty independent. But if you don't follow the marching orders there, then you're the enemy. If you say bad things, but you have the right political beliefs, it gives you a lot more leeway. Yeah, he's, he's you know, when Kirk says it, it's vile. When, when, when Luke says it, he's edgy. Oh, that's just Luke being Luke. Oh, they just dismiss it. You see Hillary Sargent on there. Uh, that's just Luke being Luke. The Globe knew what they were getting into. And I, I agree, the Globe did know what they were getting into, but that's not Luke being Luke. If you're going to call Kirk vile, you need to call this guy vile. So I, I knew just from, just from looking at the way that he wrote, he's a type of, and the reason is I actually went to college with, with a lot of guys like this guys that are you know these tattooed hipster sort of dudes you know that are that that have that that make jokes about being miserable and alcoholics and all this stuff and they 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 love that starving artist disheveled i'm a you know i have all these issues and depression they love that vibe that they give off but at the end of the day their edginess also it conveys or or it belays a, a darker history. So I look into his old tweets and I find some stuff. I find that he has called here, here's a, here's one that's rich. He said um, this was about um, when I think Samantha B called uh, Ivanka a cunt. I think that's what it was. Um, and he said uh, I, I don't use the c word. But I can say Ivanka Trump is an amoral grifter who runs sweatshops, who said she'd te- uh, temper her father's worst impulses and did jack shit, whose husband is a predatory slumlord, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes on to say, again, I won't use the word as a man, bullshit. As mm-hmm. a man, I won't use the word. But if I were to, that seems like a pretty good set of criteria for it. Amy, Amy, Amy! <laughs> and of course, with people like them, he's a hypocrite. We go back. 
Harry's got he he actually used to run a column, uh, Luke O'Neill, and it was called Cunt of the Week, Mother-in-Law from Hell, probably referring to his mother-in-law who is a Trump supporter. Then there's another one um, saying um, uh, uh, basically saying that Obama and Biden make an absolute c word. Another one. Um, Calling Banksy a c-word, um, he he says the c-word pretty regularly. So is this people on the right, or is it just these are people not left enough for me? Maybe I mean I think he's just using it conversationally. He's also using he also had a uh, column that he used to do where he would say you know a cunt of the week, or he had one where he was running and this was years past, but he was running a column called Sluts of the Week. And at one one tweet particularly, he talks about uh, a woman that he doesn't like, and he said, "I hate that Latina slut." Right? I mean, pretty 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 messed up stuff. That's messed up on two levels, right? Yeah, he's tying that into Latina. And then we also have that he is mad about people who are or, or not mad, but he uses language that is uh, uh, offensive to people who have disabilities. Uh, I think he has one. He says, then you have your average retard who still gets angry at hipsters who thought she used too many filters on her videos or something. So he's calling people retards. And then what's funny, and he actually called me out, Luke O'Neill subtweeted MHB for this, is that I did some digging. And uh, I was tipped off by a family member uh, of of Luke O'Neill. I was tipped off that he uh, that he has a member of his family that has Down syndrome, and yet is cool throwing throwing around the hard R all the time, right? So yeah, I don't I know did about too. My sister in law has Down syndrome, right? And that's pretty I just messed wouldn't up. Throw that word around anymore. Yeah, right. And, and when it affects somebody in your family, I know that it's a word that was used to be accepted. And I mean, I get it. But at the end, you know, we talk about the, uh, you know, stern and the slow adult and all that stuff. I mean, we, I, I get it. When it's somebody that affects your family, especially like somebody in his family, he should know better, right? And and he clearly he clearly didn't. Uh, we've got him making jokes about suicide. We've got him make, telling people to kill themselves. He's talking about throwing fascists off a cliff. Um, you know, uh, it's murder and you go to jail. Um, throw them off and it's a revolution and you become free. Uh, then he talks about punching Trump supporters. Talks about punching children. Uh, here's one. It's always cool to see young teens in business class AirPods uh, because it's a quick preview of the faces you'll want to punch in the future. Here's another one. Go punch a Republican in the fucking face. Go to jail for it. It's worth it. Uh, it's pretty, pretty devastatingly bad That's stuff. A lot now, again, of outrage. He's he's just a miserable fuck. And 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 again, he can be a miserable fuck. I'm not saying he should be thrown off Twitter. I'm not saying that he should. I'm not even saying he shouldn't write the column in the Globe. My whole point of this is that the Globe tries to purport itself as a champion of women, as this liberal lion, this paragon of virtue, that they're they're going to facts, hashtag facts matter. They're going to really, really care about making sure that women are treated equally, that people with disabilities are given their fair shake, right? But at the end of the day, they're allowing somebody to write that he, the things that he says completely contradict all of their core beliefs. That is some <laughs> weak-ass feces. <laughs> Thank you, Dino. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's again goes back to my point. So for those of you saying, "Who are you going to get fired today?" I'm not. I'm not trying to get Luke O'Neill fired. In fact, he that's quit. That's not what we're about. He if quit anything, the Globe. This is Long. This is all about Shirley Long and her hypocrisy in the fact that this person has said, like, th and Kirk even tweeted it out when Kirk retweeted one of my retweets. He's like, if if you know, if he said, think about if I said something one one hundredth time as bad as this, what Lo what Shirley would have done to come at him. Right. No, and this, Sam Kennedy would have called. And 
Yeah, we just don't want that sort of vile. Uh, we've expressed that to WEI. We don't want that sort of vile vitriol on our airwaves, right? So get, give me a fucking break, Shirley. It's bullshit. It's it's this is this is you have been shown to be the stooge and the political bias phony that you are. That you are you are just another hypocrite. You want to pretend that you care about these things. You care about women. You care about speech. You care about equality, but you don't. All you care about is your agenda and silencing people you don't like, all the while giving a platform and a voice to people that say things that are worse than the people that you despise on the other side of the aisle. All with I'm this asking story, for is they had to They had to admit that John Henry and Linda Pizzuti got involved with the story. And that's also what's interesting. Henry and Linda edit the Boston Globe. So let me, let, let's, let's think about that. We that. knew Linda did, but if I'm not mistaken, there was a song and dance that John Henry is hands off. Clearly he's not. And they admitted he was involved with the story. So so if, if, if John Henry and Linda Pizzuti are petty enough that they're going to actually edit uh, and, and force Shirley to, and that's another thing Shirley lied about, by the way, is she actually edited it once without giving an editor's note. She changed it from pissed in his salmon to defiled, which is worse. So she said she changed it to defiled, and defiled can mean all sorts of terrible things, including. I would take that as the number two myself. Right? Yeah, shitting it, or or like it, it's all sorts of bad stuff that could be that could fall under that definition. She she left no note, and then when they changed it to something, you know, to some weak ass feces, to quote Dino, um, they put an editor's note saying that they changed it because it didn't meet the Globe standards, and then finally they pulled the piece entirely because Henry and Linda said. This is we just aren't comfortable with this. But if they're petty enough that they're going to edit this piece, you think that Henry and Linda didn't lead the charge to get Kirk off the air after oh, Kirk? Of course. After Kirk went after them and 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 called them a bunch of gutless vomits, he said they're. I think he said pandering vomits were Kirk's words. So Kirk. So this guy says he wants to piss in Bill Crystal's salmon, and John and uh, and Linda have to edit it themselves and tell Shirley that they need to pull it. I think it's a pretty good bet that that John and uh, and Linda had a pretty a pretty big role in getting Kirk off the air. Get the fucking facts right. <laughs> I tweet that and 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 Kirk immediately sees it and tweets it out the second I did that. Mm -hmm. Then Callahan retweets it. The next thing, then Steve Robinson, Howie Carr's producers, retweeting it, and then Howie Carr himself. You, you were you were Cap talking about that. Howie Carr himself is retweeting it, which is pretty cool. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm I'm somebody who's been listening to Howie on and off since 1997, 1998. Yeah, yeah. So God, it was, I feel like I grew up listening to him. So it's pretty cool to see Howie Carr, you know, retweeting me. And then I'm getting people saying that Rush Limbaugh is talking about the Luke O'Neill story and talking about the old tweets. I'm seeing people that have 200,000 followers posting my screenshots, and I actually did reach out to them and say, yo, give me a little bit of attribution here. I, I can't remember the guy, but he's got like 250,000 followers. <laughs> did Rush use your name? No, 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 he didn't. He didn't. This is uh, Mark Hannon's. <laughs> Balls. He did not use my name, but he did talk about the, you know, that then they find all the tweets that from this guy that he's a scumbag or whatever. Um, so, so that was cool. It, bl it blows up. And then, then, then I'm also finding myself DMing with Erica from Barstools and it's just, it was a, and then I've also working on some other stuff, some other investigative stuff. And it was just, it's just a hell of a week. I got to tell you, I had a, had a big phone call with a, with an idol of mine, somebody that name may <laughs> rhyme with the rhyme with the name of the show. And it's just fucking crazy week, most bizarre week ever. But, um, yeah, that's, that's where we're at now. And, uh, 
who's to say what what happens next? I think it's it's going to be interesting either way. And that's why I tweeted out the story that you put in last fall around Kirk. Just to let's remember this. This guy had the story about Kirk when nobody was talking about Kirk, and it turned out to be 100% true. I mean, how did how did you get wrapped up in this world? Again, you were just a guy who said, I love Fred Toucher. Fred Toucher's the greatest. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, I, I did. Oh, no, at the beginning? In the, in the, yeah, in the beginning. The parody, the parody account. account. Yeah. Like, I remember when that started, it was all about how great Fred Toucher was and stuff. <laughs> and it's turned into this. Well, I think, the, so initially I wanted to start it, when I did Phil Zachary's balls, is because Phil Zachary was ballless. And had, had had no testicles and, and bowed to the Red Sox. And then Mark Hannon comes in. I knew nothing about Hannon. But the first thing I did was go to his Twitter. And I see that on his Twitter account, he is in love with Toucher and Rich. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Toucher talk about, well, I know people. I know people in the industry. And you're going to be out of the industry inside a year. Right? Well, who does Fred Toucher know? He knows Mark Hannon. Right, Mark mm-hmm. Hannon loves Toucher, and then what happened? Mark Hannon comes over as the VP uh, of Entercom, uh, Entercom Boston, uh, and starts running WEI. Hmm. So you put two and two together, and then Mark Hannon also is somebody that is you know doesn't really like the way that they were doing things. Uh, isn't somebody that's going to take a hard stance against the Red Sox. Isn't somebody that's going to have his back. I mean, from what I understand, as, as much shit I gave him. And this is coming from people inside WEEI. Phil Zachary, as much shit that people gave him, he did have his people's back at the end of the day, where Hannon, to my understanding, again, is much more business focused, wants to run this thing like a business, doesn't really want to get, he'd much rather it sound like the sports hub because in his mind, well, hey, the sports hub is successful without the controversy. WEEI, Kirk and Callahan, they were successful, but they were super controversial. He doesn't want to deal with the headaches. It's the line that I kept coming and it's the title of my column the line that i kept coming into contact with was less controversies more revenue that was mm-hmm. that was hannon's agenda from day one and that's that's ultimately what happened if you go back and read those columns they're the two that i put out that's exactly what ended up happening kirk the, the management you know clearly kirk even has said it himself didn't think that it was ever going to be a real thing that he was welcome back in there they would have if kirk did come back they would have found something else and then something else and then something else they were going to continue to make his life unbearable and miserable until it was until ultimately he was he was just never it was never going to work let's give some more context to this so i i sort of understand mark hannon's point of view there because he did help that cbs cluster become very successful he had bzam which was has huge ratings. He had the FM station, the sports hub, no controversy and cash rolling in to the fact that they had to make a choice on GMs. They had to pick one or the other, Phil Zachary or Mark Hannon. So they picked Mark Hannon to stay in the role and they moved Zachary first to Hartford and then to Washington. He has oversight of other markets too. He's in charge of Buffalo, Washington, and Wilkes-Barre. So it's more than Boston. That's interesting. I mean, hey, I... I but, I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of all those details about it, about what Hannon's day to day looks like. I mean, I just. I just but parody him that, on Twitter. That, that perspective of it's more than just WEEI that I'm responsible for. I'm responsible responsible for a big cluster, which they have uh, that light station, which is which is a big revenue driver, and then some other ones, not so much. But uh, he's got he's got a big cluster there. He's got clusters in a major market like Washington D.C. 
there's a lot of other things other than weei so if it's something becomes a pain point yeah I'm, i think I'm that he's gonna he's, let it go exactly i think he, i think at the end of the day he's like you know what we'll have the b team on there we'll have uh we'll have mutton callahan with keith in the mornings and you know i'll take the i'll take the l we'll we'll be number two in the ratings it's still it's not gonna hurt he, i think in his mind he he thinks that well listen if i can have a show that's in second or third or fourth or fifth i think it's in fourth or fifth place now but if i can have a second third fourth place show that doesn't give me the headaches I'll take that over a show that's in first place but is a giant pain in my ass and I think that's been Hannon's philosophy since the beginning but it's also I mean we know it's above his pay grade I mean a lot of this stuff has to do with David Field Field it doesn't seem to be a big fan of Kirk uh, Field is more of a Francesa guy. I mean, he's the type of guy that's going to call to get that that senile old fool uh, get his job back but he's not going to be the guy that's going to campaign to get Kirk back no, he went over Mark Chernoff's head. Mark Chernoff is a pretty big deal at Intercom. He runs the stations in New York City. Chernoff didn't want Francesa back. Francesa went to Field, and Field is who put him on. I think for me, when I changed the whole, to get back to your question, to, when I changed, when I, when I jumped the shark, as it were, from a parody <laughs> account, was the Kirk absence. That was when I was like, you know what? This is fucking ridiculous. And that's when I was like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start looking into shit i'm going to start poking around and and see what happens and uh and that's when it really started to change and that and after that it really hasn't been a parody account since then so that's why i don't even I, i'm really not that's why i want to get rid of the mark cannon's balls name because it's no longer really a parody account um it's kind of become its own thing so uh i so, just don't even know what to do with mine at this point eh, you know i'm just doing what i'm doing just keep doing it doesn't matter doesn't who who cares this is all this is all one big crazy dysfunctional mess of a of a of a thing so we're we're good with that um but you know now we're getting some 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 questions on on our twitter that about this whole Luke O'Neill thing that are kind of interesting i mean did you see have you seen any of these questions we got that andy guy who says question who are you guys going to get fired this week so so dec what's your no response one. to that who are we going to get fired i mean i don't know i'm thinking maybe i don't want anyone to get fired i don't are you sure i, I thought we could maybe Except go after colonane <laughs> that's right well we were successful in getting him fired but uh, who do you want to do you want to maybe get uh moroso fired this week i think i think his 36 hours are up right no he's way too entertaining uh, you get with moroso show notes saying heartfelt and moronic pitch y you gotta have something like that in there and you know i he's wish he was competent like curtis but man his moronic takes are are gold the gold, Jerry. He's writing those show notes too. That poor guy. He's got a which is it's, just, <laughs> which is, it's, just, it's difficult. It's diff so you know for those of you who are in little inside uh, radio here. Seems like a nice guy too. When 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 I upload the the Minifan show, I have to write the little descriptions in there. So I'll, I'll write those. But Moroso, I'm pretty sure has to do that. So it's very difficult because there isn't spell check on that on that on the, on the iTunes interface there. So he's actually got I think he's got to sound it out one letter after the remember I before E mark I before E one letter after the other and you'll just mouth His it out you'll be okay. slipping from all the grease on the keyboard. <laughs> That's right. He's got he's got he's got you know the Dorito dink you know just uh, just flopping around out there. He's got, I don't think there's a chance in hell Kirk would know how to do show notes for a podcast. Not a chance. Kirk. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Kirk doesn't know how to set up Periscope. I mean, he's no. got he's got about uh, six uh, inches of man butter over his camera <laughs> there. So, so I think that you know he's he never used that that selfie camera clearly. So, yeah, I would I would say Moroso is definitely typing those out. But yeah, so I think to answer your question, Andy, we're not trying to get anybody fired. I think we've already answered that. We we were trying to point out the hypocrisy of of the Globe clearly that that Shirley's being a hypocrite in this sense. Trying now, our to- why is not about getting people fired. It's about making sure people have a voice when they. When they are voiceless, that was the whole point here. And what did the Globe do? What did the Globe accomplish? They asked Jerry, are you going to read the Globe now? No. We still don't trust the Globe. And now we look at them as feckless. Yeah, they should never have actually caved. You know, and you've got you've got guys on Beat the Press. Did you get, did you hear that clip, by yeah, the way? Yeah, I did. Saying that they bowed to the mob. Okay, the mob, the mob being the uh, Twitter mob. truly led by MHB. Um yeah, so it's 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 just to me. I think the globe, in my opinion, if I was the globe, I would have said "fuck you." I'm not taking it down, right? They're the ones that look like they, they're the ones that have egg on their face. They're the, Shirley is the one that's got to eat crow, which was our goal all along. And this is this is this is mission complete, like mission accomplished. Here, we did it, folks. We got them, right? This was it. We we did our job here. Our our goal in this, and here's the difference: Shirley has an agenda, but she won't tell you she has an agenda. I have an agenda, and I'm telling you right now, I have an agenda. My agenda is to point out the flaws in the globe, to point out that Shirley Long is a hypocrite, and make her look like and, and reveal her to be the pathetic, whiny, ridiculous, hypocritical person that she is. That she wants to just make a big stink and get Kirk taken off the air, but she's willing to put a guy like this uh, and give him a platform. I have an agenda, and I'm willing to say it. I would like to see the interim tag taken off of Shirley Luong. I think she should get the job permanently because my fear is if they remove her, they'll actually put somebody in more competent. And we can't have that. <laughs> well, as long as it's not Brian McGrory, I don't know if the co-op pool can handle another scandal like they had before. I think that you've got to hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your 18-year-olds if Brian McGrory gets in there. Uh, at least let them to allow them to wear skirts over the knees this time, Brian. I think that might be a good policy. And also no touching and smelling hair. I know that that's a big thing for you. Um, so the, so people are saying, somebody on Twitter said, I think it was Owen, Owen Finnegan, uh, he said they try to get themselves uh, in trouble by being stupid dipshits. I don't know if he's talking mm-hmm. about us. And then Andy says, I'm sure people use the same justification when they forced Minahan off air. He later clarified that saying Kirk's detractors claimed he advocated for the merger of Roger, murder of Roger, Roger Goodell. We all know he wasn't serious and people who said otherwise were other disingenuous or stupid and i think the same dynamic is at play with o'neill except kirk was actually funny i mean what's your response on that do you think that we're doing the same thing that kirk's critic uh, critics were doing i gotta tell you i had to give it some thought of wow have i become what i rail against no i don't think so I, i think it's more of we're giving a little bit of voice to stuff that normally wouldn't going through Twitter feeds and bringing up some points that if it was the other side, surely would have done that. Oh, clearly. If we don't do it, who is going to do it? This stuff will ultimately come back to bite you in the ass. That listen, if you guys want, if you if you people on, you know, you 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 globe people and 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 the liberal mob and the leftist mob out there, these are the people on the extreme left, if you want to spend your days always looking for the gotcha moment, always look combing through people's old tweets, guess what? At some point, the proverbial chickens will come home to roost, and you're going to have to deal with your own shit. And that's what happened here. I think that we're showing that those tactics can be used against you. So if you if you truly 
I have no problem with it, then then you, you, should, you need to understand that if you want to employ these tactics, people on the other side can clearly also employ those tactics. It's going to bite you in the ass at some point. You want to be the thought police and the speech police? Well, guess what? That's a two-way street, honey. It's going to happen to you now. So you just got to deal with that. We're, we're, this is the new reality. And I think that's also a point of this is that I'm trying to point out that this is that 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 we're an equal opportunity offender and we're an equal opportunity shit stirrer. I'm gonna you know you you want to look up shit and old tweets on t- or old uh, radio conversations with Tucker Carlson. We can do the same thing with you. Yeah, I did find a question here at Marky Mania said, any chance that you could make sure your levels are mixed right? You blow out my eardrums when you talk quietly and then start screaming. Turn down the goddamn sound. <laughs> Well, to be fair, there are people that follow the Minifan Show account that think we are the Enough About Me account. <laughs> and that's what he said. I think I said, uh, I said, are you referring to the Minifan Show or Enough About Me? And he said, he said, Enough About Me. I didn't know there were two shows. Nice. <laughs> so there, so you're trying to say we actually have better levels and more professionalism. I, that's funny that you said that because there is another person out there who got us confused with the Menahan show. I'm not going to say who the person's name, uh, the person's female. Uh, the person may have a family style restaurant in the Boston area and may have posted a picture of Ben Affleck with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. You're going to have to be more specific. Are you talking about Wendy? Um, nope, not talking about Wendy. I'm talking about somebody who may have been a beat reporter in baseball and then got out of that to get a career in the restaurant industry. <laughs> oh, she's also very feisty on Twitter calling out trolls. Yep. She's very feisty, yeah, and she is not liked by the likes of BJBSJ or nope. SV Callahan. Not liked at all, but you find her very attractive. She loves those cleavage pictures, by the way. She loves that stuff. That's her thing. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of been moving. Yeah, she's attractive, but um, there's other people out there. Okay, so let me tell you something I've been thinking about a lot, and I think a lot of people on Twitter could empathize with this. So I always think about, man, I wish I had tits. I wish I had tits because if I had tits and was as interesting as I'm as I am on Twitter, I'd have fifty thousand followers by now. If I had Mark t- Morosa's never said that. By <laughs> the way. <laughs> well, Mark Moroso, I mean, they they are there. I think his name, his nickname is Anibolo. Uh, because they they, <laughs> hang, they they hang below his knees, um, but no no I mean think think about that if 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 I had tits I mean there are there are girls out there that just they literally just post a picture feeling cute today and it's show pic- me how you wiggle in those jeans and it's a picture of their tits and they got a hundred thousand followers and they're not interesting at all they're just a bunch of drips and all these guys are liking their tweets just for the off chance that they can actually have a have a small chance that they can bed them right or that maybe they That's can get right. a DM <laughs> Vicky <them>. AF <laughs> yeah. right I mean so sorry like. Like, I'm sorry that I don't have to use my, my my body to be interesting. I can use my brain. I just it, it, it annoys me to no end. You know, you get fifty thousand views on on a video of uh, of 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 mutt and uh, oh wait, I should. <laughs> I love you, Lucy. Please come on the Minifan show so I can ask you out on a date. So are we are we gonna put the full court press on for Lucy? We should because have her I've been, on. I'd I've love been to. holding back and saying, Lucy, are you coming on or are you not coming on? I would say, let's ask her another time. You know, she's been very active. I think that now that we've uncovered that Lucy Burge is Funhouse, breaking news, by the way, MHB exclusive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, think about it this way, guys. Funhouse poke, pokes fun at Francesa. Oh. <laughs> Funhouse, <laughs> Funhouse also pokes fun at Dale and Keefe. Who is obsessed with Francesa and is forced to listen to Dale and Keefe? 
Lucy Burge. It, it makes perfect sense. Lucy is Funhouse. Lucy is back after this. Your thoughts? I would agree so because I've always thought, how does this person have money and enough time to be downloading all this stuff? And now we know. We know Lucy's independently wealthy. She has a trust fund. Is she's she? done. Well, she's that? a prappy Miss Poor School person. That's right. Yeah, she's got a little money. That that's my opinion. She's got wealthy parents like Chris Curtis, mm-hmm. and she's done for the day at two p.m. So she's got plenty of time to get home, hit listen the recorder, and listen to Francesa. Yeah, so it could be. Anyway, Lucy, please come on the show. We think you're great. We think you're very attractive. I, I wasn't referring to you. I was referring to a couple of the other people that you've mentioned. Who's that New York chick, by the way? She posts pictures of, it got a little booty pic for you. And everybody, like there's a million listeners that show that, that love her too. It's like, hey, I'm not saying she's not attactive. I just, I'm not going to follow her. I'll look through her oh, pictures. That one doesn't ring a bell. Is the other one too? Here? I don't. I don't know what her name. I don't know what her name is. You see them pop up all the time. So and so like this picture, and it's just a picture. I'll tell of you. Tits. I'll tell you how I see all of them. Steve and Gloucester. Yeah, he Steve follows all Gloucester. of them. Sorry they're to call all, you out, Steve. Steve and Gloucester. They're all 19, 20 <laughs> years old tops. Every single one, and then I see Dom DeLuise face in front of me. Oh, uh, felt cute. Felt cute. Might delete later. <laughs> God, and they've got like it's just it's the most boring, mundane, banal takes over and over again. But there's tits, so they got fifty thousand followers. Man, what a world! What a world. Anyway, um, so we got Tom Sulo. He asked, "How far back did you have to go to find the tweets you shared? What did Long have to do with it? Um, are you slash did you write about it for all politics is local? I think we already covered the mm-hmm. Long aspect. I actually, I mean, I didn't have to go back very far at all. I did, I did a, I have about, I have a list. Uh, there's a school. There's like, there's basically." Guys, if you want to search up, look up anybody's old tweets, you just do their username on the search bar, and then type in whatever bad word you're looking for. And yeah, you taught me how to right do up. this. I was very trying to find easy. all my old Cullen articles, and I couldn't find them. Yeah, very easy. It takes it. takes two seconds. And there are there are people that are more advanced at it than than I am. I and mean, people, some people on the BJBSJ are, are these guys are pros at it. I mean, they they're the guys that that, that got rid of uh, Mike. Uh, was it Loiko? For for his racist tweets, and yep. he was a, he was a writer for for Boston Sports Journal. So they've been trying to get rid of Reamer. They've not been successful. Yeah, even though they have uncovered uh, Ironhead uh, has uncovered or displaced Bostonian, he's uncovered uh, Reamer is plagiarizing now. Um, that his when the article titles, I think somebody he he posted the receipts too. Somebody posted saying that uh, somebody posted at Reamer tweeted at Reamer saying that the Robert Kraft video thing was the Globe trying to do revenge porn. And the next day, Reamer writes an article saying that the Globe is basically trying to do revenge porn. <laughs> um, so I think I'm friends with Ironhead now. Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, well, now you've you've kissed the ring, you've made up with him, and uh, I think as long as as long as you believe. Oh, after after today, I have no. I was trying to be fair to Joey, and mm-hmm. after today. No freaking way. Well, we're friends by common enemies. I think is the goal there. Yeah. Um. So as far as long, we covered that. Am I going to write about it? I haven't written about it for All Politics is Local. I was going to write about it. Uh, I was approached to write about it by this guy, Jeff, on Twitter. Um, so Jeff, if you're listening, uh, I did follow you back. So um, so let's talk. We can get that working. Or possibly if he doesn't want to publish it, um, we can do a maybe debut article uh, on, the, uh, on the Blindside Pods website. And I'll, I'll give you guys a little preview. So my column is going to be called Make Shirley Lung unemployed and eating Grubhub <laughs> over her kitchen sink. And I already have the first sentence written. It is my biggest regret in life is not pissing off Shirley long enough to get her to block me on Twitter. 
and then it's going to say, I hope this column will change that, and then we'll go right into it. Uh, little little play on the uh, on the Luke O'Neill thing there. So haven't written about it for all politics, but maybe will. And then can you explain to me who these young jerks are? Like, what the fuck is this? What, I what, what no is this idea. shit that I have to do? I with? would assume. So I I didn't want to dig into them because it's involved with Brian Riccio, and I think <sighs> Brian Riccio is, in my opinion, is vile and not very smart and burnt out. So I know a little bit about the Young Turks. I would assume these guys are just ripoffs of the Young Turks and they're wannabe liberals who want to be the Young the young Turks. I don't know why that's where you attack and, and want to be a clone. They say that okay. they're, they say they're like award-winning like journalists and shit like that. They're also are people that do like the foot, like the Patreon account. And they've got like their most expensive one is like $99 a month. And guys for the low price of $99 a month, you can subscribe to the young jerks and guess what you get. You get a priority Q and a with the staff. With the, with I mean, the, what do they think they are, Bruce? Bridges? The same, the same people that will reply to every single tweet that you tweet at them. For ninety nine dollars a month, you can get instant Q and A, even though they'll already respond to your Q and A on Twitter for free. Man, but you, you are like all over this stuff. It's just it, so anyway. So they asked us how many subscriptions to Luke o, did Luke O'Neill gain? Um, that's what I want to know. He charges six sixty six a month. Wow, real great guy charges six sixty six a month. Wow. I love the joke, Luke. Oh my God, Luke, you're so edgy, Luke. You're everything. Fuck you, Luke. He charges six sixty six a month, and is probably getting five dollars each after taxes. He now has fifty five hundred subscribers. I mean, what? That's like twenty seven grand a month, something like that. Twenty seven five. I mean, I could say more power to you, but guess what? From what I've been told by Luke's family members. His in-laws are fucking millionaires and they vacation like the Hamptons and shit. And go look at their Instagram what page. A surprise. They're already, yeah, they're limousine liberals. They want to act like they care about social justice and they care about issues. But guess what? He hasn't scraped a day. He hasn't, he hasn't had to hustle a day in his life. So if he's doing great, he's making money, fine, more power to you. But you want to act like you're this champion of the working class people. I know that you're not. You're a rich kid. You're married into money. You're a fraud. A pathetic little fraudulent trust fund loser bitch boy. If it makes you feel any better, these young jerks have eleven patrons. <laughs> wait, 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 say All eleven? No, they have eleven. I'm on the page right now. Do they really? Eleven. <laughs> oh, I mean, 11. I've seen these seven. I've seen these seventy dollar figures. Uh, the Conrad Thompson podcasts have this, and yeah, I can understand that. Some of those you pay a hundred dollars a month, and you get to go to Conrad's house and hang out with. Bruce or Tony, but what the hell do you get for like 70 bucks a month? Exactly. These guys? Like if we ever did something like that, I don't think I'd ever want to charge more than 99 cents. And for 99 cents, we'd, you know, for 99 cents, we, I don't know what we do. We do, we give you our, you know, our private newsletter or something like that, but like 99, yeah, I don't know what I'd get like people. 99 cents seems fair for what this podcast is. 99 cents is fair. $79 for a, a show that nobody knows about, nobody listens to, and is just a bunch of you know shit stirs and trolls on Twitter. Which I get the irony. We are we're the same. They had Bob Lobel on, which would have been an awesome get in 1985. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, they've they've got they they another one they had was um they had uh, Barney uh oh as Mark Levin would call him Barney's Frank. Barney Frank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so they had Barney Frank on there too. I mean, again, yeah, great get 20 years ago. I don't know if anybody gives a shit now, but. 
Um, well, Barney Frank's entertaining. I, I would fight with him, but he's he can be entertaining in, in kind of a nasty way. I guess so. I mean, hey, I, I don't really I don't really know much about the guy. I don't really I don't care. I, I don't really care about these guys either. I'd rather not think about them at all. In, in fact, um, just like just like our our friend O Canada there uh, that 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 hates me apparently. Uh, the, the that troll. What's his name? You know him, Ryan. Ryan B. <laughs> yes, I had. I went and jumped into that interaction, and I got a whole bunch of why, 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 why. I don't know, just because you're, you're screwing my friend. Yeah, he told me a whole bunch of terrible things that you did to him. Terrible, I did. Awful, uh, nasty uh, things. Apparently, apparently, I apparently that he thinks that like I like destroyed him and tried to like get like ruin his life and like said that he's a, a worthless you know human being. Like I don't even like I don't even think about you at all, man. Like you're not even like I don't. I've never even thought about you a day in my life, and you're and you're acting like it. Just ugh, I can't stand him. I want to talk about Rich Keith this morning because that got me fired up. I saw Blind Mike's tweet that said Rich Keith was on for for an hour, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go listen to that hour. And then I heard the top of the hour bumper that said next Monday Rich Keith will be in for all four hours and i'm like get the fuck out of here so you're gonna put him on for four hours so they must immediately go in there and attack him about saying um you were never number one i mean this quote here how is that possible that's from the rich keith rebuttal and they don't bring it up at all nothing nada the closest they get to is during headlines they bring up you know, so who'd you vote for? Did you vote for Trump? You vote for Clinton? He goes, I, I voted for Clinton because mm-hmm. uh, I, I did a lot of research. And then they asked, well, so do you hate you hate Trump? Well, I don't like him, but I, I don't hate him. And, and that segment went nowhere. And then he comes to life and he says, yeah, but, you know, Trump, Trump was in WrestleMania and Trump is like he's he's a wrestling heel <laughs> and he shaved Vince McMahon's head. Right. <sighs> I love that that is what he thinks about that that that, that is yes. that everything comes back to something like Rich Keefe basically has the has the, the 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 mental capacity and the bodily functions of a twelve year old boy right I mean he's got boners that just uncontrollably when you know when he sees you know uh, when he when he sees Roger the Rabbit cartoons and and uh, it's been a blast <laughs> I think. And, and he and he also is somebody that is upset like if it's not about. His little fucking wrestling world and Marvel and DC and Star Wars, even though I will, that's probably the only area of, of commonality that I have with Rich Keefe is I am a Star Wars nerd. Yeah, I am too. If he years. doesn't fucking, like, it was so bad. And the fact that Joey Z told them, because it, let me, for, for anybody that's going to say that, that Joey Z didn't tell them, listen, we all know Jerry Callahan. Oh, that, has, that has his fingerprints all over it. We all know Callahan, right? But my, I wouldn't put it past him. My, I would say that he would be a you know a puss enough that he wouldn't ask him about it. But we know that Jerry Callahan was pissed about the Rich Keefe comments on Blind Mike's podcast. By the way, guys. By the way, if you're listening, uh, 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 Jerry and Mutt, give Blind Mike some credit. Right? They, you can say his podcast. You guys didn't have to ghost him and 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 and, and leave him you know in the lurch there. Right. Um. And I know Jerry that would Jerry would absolutely have set have, have have taken him to task on that. So that's an edict down from on high. Joey Z, that was a that was a that was a management one oh one. Sorry. It, it, here, take your balls. Here's 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 a little here's a little shovel. There's Go ahead and dig dig a hole, Jerry, and dig a hole mutt. Well, mutt never mind. He didn't have him to begin with. But Jerry, dig a hole. Woo-hoo! 
put your testicles in there, bury them. You can pick them up at 10 o'clock and take them on your way out, right? I mean, that's really that's really what it was with Rich Keefe. It was pathetic. I could understand Mutt not having any balls, but how does how is it possible that Jerry doesn't go and say, I don't want him on here. He's boring. He doesn't fit into what we do. He shouldn't be on here. If you need a third man who's cheap and safe, then just don't put anybody else on. It's Marathon Monday. Chris Curtis is a personality. Ken Laird is, is a partial personality. We don't need him. And yet he played along. What the hell is that all about? I mean, hey, I guess it's, you know, it's like um, it, there's a great line in The Office where uh, Stanley turns to Ryan, I believe, and he says, like, he's like, this is a run out the clock situation. And I think that I think that, that is exactly what's going on there. That Jerry's like, you know what? This is a run out the clock situation. I'm just going to use our brains. Right? Let's use your brains for a second. I know you guys have very small IQs. I think it must be that case. I think that's exactly what's going on. I think that Jerry's just like, you know what? I'm still getting a paycheck. If I can get one more contract out of this before I retire. That's great. That's perfect. And I think that's sad. I think that's well, I mean, hey, uh, th- th- that's where there you know, Jay, like Kirk says, Jerry's a survivor and Kirk would have approached the situation a lot differently. And I think that's also why as we found out in Kirk's latest podcast, which by the way, guys, why the fuck did Entercom drop that podcast at eight o'clock on a Friday night? Uh-oh. His podcast was Sword and Scale <laughs> with uh, Mike, what was his name? Mike Barnacle. Do I do I need to like slap you on the back and burp you? Oh, what do you mean? You've been very gassy, been gassy all all episode. Oh, sorry. I, well, no, just, I'm trying it, to it, humor, it, it <laughs> amuses me. I'm trying to. Well, wait, you you tell me not to drink my drink on the air too. Yes. Just, you're, you're like a don't, you, don't drink your drink. Yeah. Amusing. Who was that? Carson Mosley that told Kirk he can't drink his yeah. drink on the air. Jesus. Does he not know Kirk? You're gonna say don't drink your drink on the air. He's gonna drink he's gonna his gonna drink sitting, more. He's gonna be guzzling. He's gonna be. Uh, <sighs> It's just going to sound like he's uh, taking bong hits. Yeah, right? Um, so, so, Mike, so Mike Boudet, did you listen to that, by the way, his latest Enough About Me? It was, it was pretty- I, I only knew a little bit about that, and I thought this was a guy who said something really dumb, be it racist or sexist or something. And, and then I listened to the whole thing. I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe this guy got in trouble. Mm. And he said, so I, I don't know the whole story, but I, I he said a line that rang true, which is once you get successful, people want to take you down. And that's the new American way. That is true. Is that 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 I will give him that that people love and it's and but it's also people love redemption, too. But people mm-hmm. you know, what people love more than redemption, because there's is is look at Tiger Woods, for instance, the the, the post or the, the I think it was the New York Post put, I think it was 12 consecutive days that Tiger was the cover during the Tiger scandal. He was on the cover, I think, today, but that is they're going to get one day. So, so when when you when you have the downfall and the ruin of somebody, when we take somebody down, it gets much more play and much more PR than the redemption, right? Talk to me when when Tiger's on the cover of the next twelve days of the of, of the tabloids for 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 winning the Masters, right? He's not. He's gonna get he's gonna get his love today, and everyone's gonna kiss his ass. But tomorrow they're gonna move on to the next story. But the downfall of somebody. There's more play there. There's more yep. meat. They're going to pick all the meat off the bones. And I think that 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 so so Mike was right about that in Kirk's podcast. Now, I from the beginning and you can you can look me up, look up my tweets on this. From the beginning I didn't really like this Mike guy because I I researched it. I will call Kirk out mildly. I know that's hard to believe, but I think that Kirk should have pressed him a little bit on the other 
comments that he said. I mean, the one that he did that Kirk referenced was pretty bad, but the one thing that Kirk left out, so I think he made it on his official show's Instagram, he posted a meme saying, you know, I, 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 I hate dumb C words. Maybe I'll take one apart and see how it works, which is a pretty morbid, disgusting joke, right? It was a bad explanation for that. What's worse, though, and this is what Kirk left out, and I wish he would have pressed him on this, is that he posted that on International Women's Day. Mm. You know, I would so assume that's, that's Kirk the, was going with the angle that we have a lot in common, that we got successful, we said a couple stupid yeah. things, and they took us off. Yeah, and, so and, and I, I understand where he's going with that. I believe me, I I completely understand why Kirk felt like there's common ground there. And there absolutely is. But what I'm saying is what, what I'm trying to say is that if you actually look into what the stuff that this guy said, whether it's going on private message boards and doxing people, doxing victims of like horrible rapes and actually like giving their real names and all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot there. Yeah, this guy, this guy, myself second thought with the whole doxing thing that I didn't, I didn't understand what that term was. I'm like, oh my God, am I one of those people? Let me just say this, Kirk, Kirk, what Kirk did to get taken off the air is not one percent of what this guy did. So I get why Kirk empathizes with him, but just if you do some research, I, I, but again, personally, I don't think he's a good guy. However, he still should have a podcast. He still should be on Wondery. I don't yeah. think that his show should be taken down. I just won't listen. If I think that he's a scumbag, I won't listen. Or I'm fully capable of compartmentalizing. Just because I think that Woody Allen is an asshole and a pervert and a pedophile, I still think that some of his movies are fantastic. I'll still watch yep. them. I still Manhattan's a great movie. I'll still watch it. So, you know, I think that human beings, I think we can compartmentalize just a little bit. So I think, but again, I think that's where I would agree. But other than that, there's a little bit more there. So I forgot about this. We have some voicemails. Did you want to do some voicemails? Please. I would love to hear some voicemails. We haven't done this in weeks. So yeah, we still have a voicemail line. And we got to hear, uh, we got to, we got to close out um, our last review of Keeping Classy with Steve. All right. Hey, it's uh, 540. I was just listening to uh, OMF and couldn't help it. During one of the calls, the producer was uh, playing the uh, around the horn um, point sound effect uh, that uh, (laughs) Drunk Eric Curtis did so well during the last episode. Um, Not sure if um, that was an original idea by Drunk Eric Curtis or if uh, that's a comment on sports radio. Wait, what? Oh, wow. I wonder if they are uh, listening to uh, the Minifan show and (laughs) uh, robbing them of ideas, i.e. strip club reviews. Later, bud. I don't know what we should do. (sighs) We should go listen to the Minifan show and steal their good ideas. Nobody will know. First of all, I'll question this guy's sanity that he was actually listening to Dale and Queef. Um, (laughs) Beyond that, I know. He was listening to, to OMF. That's a, we stole that from Ken Laird. Yeah, like, we didn't come up with that at all. That's that's a Ken Laird production right there. I mean, I think that DEC's got something going. Let me tell you, DEC. He, he next great producer, next great Ken Laird. DEC. Drunk Eric Curtis. <laughs> that's right from the man himself, from the King Man himself. No, we did not come up with that on our own. That was um a, a, that was a a Ken Laird production. I have been waiting to get to that one since the first time I heard that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. And it just didn't fit. All right, next one. Mm-hmm. Hey, all you Minna fans out there. It's Mikey from Buffalo. I'll be finding as much drops as I can for this show. I've been digging for a while now. Shouts out to my boys MHB and DEC 
They've had an amazing podcast going. What they've been able to pull off with this, guys, no one else could do this. Let's keep supporting our God, a.k.a. Menahan, to get his show going. It will be iconic. Good luck, boys. Thanks <laughs> for Menahan to come on this podcast. It'll be epic. Good weekend, dummies. Wow. <laughs> What was that? Uh, first of all, did he say Kirk was our god? Something like that. Was that Mark Moroso? No. Uh, who was Some dude in Buffalo. Was it was his name something in Buffalo? I, I don't know. I think that he may have a future as a whack packer uh on this show. That was that was pretty uh interesting. He uh from what I understand um Mikey from Buffalo. I'm sorry, Mikey yes, from Buffalo. Yes, that's right. And from what I understand, he runs the account, uh, the Kennesaw Mountain Minahan uh, parody account. So if you guys That's are listening, him. you should follow Kennesaw Mountain Minahan and ask him, do you pray to Kirk Minahan as your Lord and Savior every day? I think he thinks we do. Um, so we'll see if he does. Um, your thoughts? Do you think he should come in for a tryout? I think I think there's a future there. I think he's got a little whack packer in him. He sounded a little interesting. Um I think that he could have a future in this. <laughs> uh, let's limit it. <laughs> you got 15 minutes. Do you do you think that he? Uh, you think you think he was fully sober? <laughs> I hate to say it. I do. I think he was fully sober. I, I think there's a little bit of something there, though. I thought that I think he was the, the Minifan show. There was a little bit of a slur there. It's almost it almost it almost sounded like you know like Mutt driving home at you know at, at 10 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, you know, it, 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 it was a little bit of that. You know, a little just a slight inebriation. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And is I'm, this terrible? I took it as maybe a mental deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. We like that though, right? In the words of Kirk Minahan, Mark Moroso is like a like a drunk Curtis or like a sober Curtis when Curtis was drunk, and and you know a little bit of that crazy, a little bit of that dummy. That's all. That's never going to be a bad thing. So keep calling in, leave another voicemail. I'm all for it. You are a, a, a whack packer, a Minifan whack packer through and through. Great stuff. We have anything else? So, yeah, I got. An, so what do you want to do? You want to do the next voice? We've got one more voicemail, and we've got Steve. Let's, all right, let's do another voicemail. Minifan Show, Blindside Network, Chris from Wakefield here. I'm not sure what the content of your next uh, pod will be or crossover event, but you guys have, over the last number of weeks, been producing quality content. Really uh, some great stuff on the Boston Media and current events and some of the crossover have been really good. Then we have the other members of the Blindside Network talking <laughs> about fucking Dumbo. <laughs> My two kids could review it and get more downloads than on tap. <laughs> also, for Blind Mike. How does a blind guy do social media for the Kirk show? Uh, just need to know how that works. See you then. Let's not be disingenuous. I haven't listened to On Tap, oh shit, since like episode two. Has Ryan done Dumbo? Because if he has. No, he threw an audible and he didn't. What did he do instead? He knew that we were going to kill him. We would destroy him if he did Dumbo. Uh, what did he do instead? Let me look and see what he did. It was. It was something else. By the way, guys, text line is 857-256-0352. That's also a voicemail line. Again, 857-256-0352. Hit us with your questions. 
And I'm glad you said that because I can never remember the damn number that I created. He did Pet Cemetery in IPA number seven. And then last week he did Hellboy and Twisted Monkey. So I can understand doing Hellboy. That's understandable. I think he went into Pet Cemetery. I think he thought it was Secret Life of Pets. So I think that's why he went to go go to Pet Cemetery. I thought he, I think he thought it was a kid's movie. I wonder if he got a little scared and frightened by that. Um, well, get past that. All right, what else we got? We got we we need to close out. I think keeping uh, keep with it classy class. with Steve. We need to end this podcast like like the classy gentleman that we are, <laughs> and and listen to because did you read by the way? I, I tweeted it out um, that there was a strip club in Providence that was shut down um, because they were actually giving a little bit extra. It was a little Bob Craft sort of special. Um, the the orchids of Asia special there. Um, did did you did you see that? Tweet? Yes, I saw that. This will be our last uh, because <laughs> our last episode of Keep It Classy with Steve because uh, we don't want to get compromised in a federal ongoing investigation into uh, into into prostitution and, and human trafficking. Um, but nonetheless, I think we should hear what Steve has to say. Welcome back to everyone's not-so-favorite segment, Keeping It Classy with Steve, where we explore all six of Rhode Island strip clubs. Last week, we are at Club Fantasies, 28 Sims Avenue. Gave it a rating of 4.3 Z-Packs, our highest to date. This week, I am very excited. We are going to the world-famous Foxy Lady, also known as Mo Vaughan's second home. The Foxy Lady is located at 318 Chalkstone Avenue in Providence, Rhode Island. Upon pulling into this location, you will notice that there is spacious parking and easy access to the entrance on the east side of the building. Friday mornings, they offer what is called Legs and Eggs. Legs and Eggs takes place from 6 to 11 a.m. Upon walking in the door, you pay a $10 cover fee, which gives you access to breakfast as well as tits. (laughs) I wasn't very hungry, so I sat down at the stage enjoying a nice cup of coffee. The first dancer was beautiful, had soulful movements, which basically brought a tear to my fucking eye. The second dancer, however, was not very spectacular at all. While she was pretty, when she took off her top, she had what we call in the business, compass titties. If you are unaware of what compass titties are, basically, if you were to put her in the middle of a map of the United States, one tit would be pointed towards San Antonio, while the other is pointed towards Maine. After watching and observing for a couple of minutes, I was approached by a young lady and asked if I wanted a private dance. I agreed to the $30 for 10 minutes. After following this card-carrying member of the middle-aged Click Clan downstairs, I took my place on the couch, noticing a few imperfections of her. One, she had eyes like Debo from Friday and a neck tattoo, which typically turns me off. I also was not in the mood for what she did next. She sprinted at me from full speed. Jumping in the air and crushing and pulverizing my apple bag, <laughs> to which I was not a fan of, as I sprinted out of the building and dry heaved on the side of my car for about 10 minutes. Oh my God. I'm giving the Foxy Lady a rating of 0.1 Z Packs, and I encourage you to join us on our next review of Rhode Island Dolls in Woodsocket, Rhode Island. <laughs> and remember, as I always say, keep it classy. Bravo. I've only had that one waiting for about six I weeks. I know. I know. I so she did the whole uh, NFL combine full forty yard dash there, and 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 just did the did the long jump right onto his lap there. That sounds that does not sound fun. I I you know my apologize, uh, uh, Steve. I, I'm sure that that was not a good experience. I'm hoping that you've recovered since it has been like what six weeks since we did that. Um, yeah. You know, pretty bad what's going on there with the prostitution. So maybe Steve, we should uh, should we should think about next time if we're gonna if we're gonna continue the segment. I don't know. 
We'll see. <laughs> so next week, so we're going to record tomorrow, Monique from Radio Gunk, and this will be your opportunity. Give us a little a taste of what this is. I mean, what is? I mean, can you give us the gist of what this is? Introduce it to the audience. They do the reverse of what we do. So what they do is they are longtime Howard Stern fans who have become turned off to what Howard has become. And they basically just shit all over Howard Stern as a podcast. She's the main host. Monique is going to be our guest. And she has like three other people on that she usually just screams at and tells to shut up, which is which is fantastic. She has had on the show Stuttering John twice. She's had Artie on there. I don't know how she gets these people, but she'll get them on and then get things out of them of what Howard's really like and what's really going on in the show. And it just will make you sick about the things that he's done to Scott the Engineer since his wife got cancer, uh, how they treat some of the people on the staff, how he's changed the whole deal with Marcy Turk. Really good stuff, and it's a great opportunity for MHB to know Howard Stern a little bit. I was a Stern fan from about 93 to about 2009, and it made me want to get into radio to be the next Howard Stern. He was so influential. And now to see what he is today is just embarrassing. He's on, I think, like 112 days a year, and you have to pay something like $18 a month to hear him. It's just embarrassing. And so we're just going to shit all over Howard Stern. Uh, well, I'm going to have to get caught up then. I'm going to li- any any episodes in particular that you've liked of Radio Gunk that we should check out. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I went back to where they were breaking down Robin Quiver's book Quivers of Life, which they call Quivers a Lie, and break <laughs> down everything that she's lied about. Uh, that's a good one. The two with Stuttering John are great. Um, Although you've heard him before because it's everything that he said with with Howard. The Artie episode is fantastic. Uh, Let's take a look here. I'm starting on uh, the Vinny Favalli episode where Vinny got in trouble. It's it's very, very good. Now, the audio quality is not as good as ours. It, it, It sounds a little bit rough, but the content's good. Blind Mike was the one who turned me on to this, and it's good. She only does about one a month. They're not very frequent. But they're very good. If you're a Howard Stern fan or, or you hate what Howard has become, you're going to love this. So Radio Gunk will uh, debut that next week. So that way we can take some time off for the uh, the Easter break there and spring break. Um, so but if you hear this, there's still some questions if you've got for, for Monique. Yeah, um, we will have time tomorrow to, to answer more questions as well. Um, and obviously, keep an eye um, on enough about me as well. Um, there, there. I know that Kirk has been researching, uh, researching some some very interesting uh, information. And all I got to say about that is, you know, if you're the type of, of person that you're going to try and intimidate people doing research about you through anonymous phone calls and uh, and, and 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 scare tactics like that, all I got to say is that you're just a puke and a corrupt individual, and you don't deserve the platform that you have. Um, so keep keep keep. Keep keep, in, uh, keep that in mind and stay tuned for for what comes next. Uh, I know I, you guys hate it that, that we're that we're being so vague about this, um, but this will all be made clear very very soon. Mm. So that's what I got. I thought this would be a forty five minute episode, and there we go. We go long again. Um, You've been listening to the outros I've been doing. You guys like that, by the way? I'll, Tw- tweet I'll me go back you- to listening. I'm I get really anxious about listening to my old voice on a podcast. Uh, people have been saying that. The last podcast was like an acid trip. I didn't think that was an acid trip. I thought that was great. I loved the last podcast. I was, I, was so I fun. I had more fun than I think I've had. I'm still putting this, this hitting the post stuff. Mm. 
I have had to, I'm still working on getting, I've got like 70 musical clips mm-hmm. and you got to take each one and then fade it out after a few seconds. But yeah. I've got like a shitload of things. I, you have no idea how many requests and dedications Gary from Burlington has. <laughs> he wants to hear, let's hear it from the boy. Mm. Let's hear it from every boy. Let's hear it from this boy until they turn 12. <laughs> TICFM. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, so so keep an eye on that. Um, we'll we'll have we'll we'll do a hit the post segment here coming up as well. That's all I got. Uh, we'll hear from you guys next week. Uh, we'll have Radio Gunk on, and uh, you know, I guess as as uh, as our good buddy would say, see you, thanks. Four one uh, eleven for my anniversary, and then uh, seven one. <laughs> Uh, five one eleven. There's a lot, Chris, there's a lot of ones here. I don't know how many ones you can do. Another perfect show. <laughs> it's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Mark Cannon's hey, balls. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the hashtag Dort Podcast. I haven't seen. I the last movie I went to the movies to see was The Last Jedi. Ah, what an awful movie. What? I, I walked out of there like stunned disbelief. Everybody can tune out now. You can stop the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Star Wars for a second. So the Last Jedi was a was a disaster. You got literally stereotypes of blue haired shrill feminists in the movie, and the whole theme being believe women, right? And she was just because she's she's a terrible leader. What was her name? Can't yeah, right. Oh Lord, she's an awful leader. She's like, she has no plan, and Poe Dameron rightfully is like, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to get us all killed, and her plan at the end of the day was to kill herself. So how believable, how, how smart was she that her whole plan was, 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 you know, intentional suicide? Like, you know, was... I would say... That's that your dork podcast. 20 minute, there's 20 minutes of the film that's really, really good. Any scene between Ray and Kylo was great. Even when he's wearing the high water pants up to his waist and he's got his titties hanging out. Towel. Yeah, right. Well, I, I can overlook that. Uh, the, the Luke and Ray stuff is pretty good, although I was pretty pissed about the whole. Uh, he's throwing. So in the first movie, he gets that Anakin's lightsaber, and he looks like something has happened that he never expected to happen before and this is a big deal and then he tosses it over his shoulder yeah right what the hell he did totally and this is he violated his character all J.J. Abrams fault by the way for not mapping out the whole saga and just saying okay I've created something you can do whatever the hell you want to do I heard that actually he did and Ryan Johnson just said nope then do my own thing and now they, of course they gotta bring back Emperor Palpatine you killed off Snoke you killed off the villain I can't first of all okay by the way I can't believe we're doing this can we, can we stop because I'm already in Embarrassed. I, I can already hear the tweets coming out and saying, it's the dork podcast. It's a dork. I mean, that's exactly what people are going to say, that we're doing a episode of the dork podcast right now. Yeah, but better. At least we're doing a better episode of the dork podcast. That's that's fair. The dork podcast is basically just jizzing on everything and saying everything is great. They're not very critical, right? I'm sure they I'm sure they think that the Last Jedi was great and Captain Marvel was great and wasn't properly you know wasn't propaganda at all. Uh, I'm sure you know they, they they're just they, my favorite part of that movie was the Canto Bite scene because you see inside the casino all the wealth, <laughs> but what's really happening is 
what you see on those wildebeests they were riding. It's Bernie Sanders. It's environmentalism. They, that movie's got like Bernie Sanders redistribution of wealth in it. It's got you know, it, it's got like PETA, like like save the animals bullshit, blue-haired feminism. It's got everything. All it's it's a stereotype. It might as well be a, Sar- a South Park episode. That movie. It's so bad. Um, yeah. Anyway, and they killed off my favorite character of all time, Luke. Stupid spoiler alert. Uh, I don't know if they killed him off. Yeah, because again, this last movie is called Rise of Skywalker. So clearly Luke's going to pull a whole Jesus Christ thing and raise from the dead. Happy Easter, by the way. Um, and, uh, and, and clearly that's what's going to happen. Is It's called the Rise of Skywalker. So I'm assuming that Luke is going to rise from the dead. Otherwise, I mean, what else makes sense?